Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. It has been a long time, or it feels like a long time to me. Um, I was on vacation, and so you didn't get an episode for the 4th of July weekend, and it feels like it's been weeks, and has it been weeks? It's It's been a while. Um, not counting my... Um, my bonus episode that I recorded today and just released to the Patreon $5 supporters, I haven't recorded. I just haven't. You know, I've just been hanging out. I enjoyed my vacation. Um, today, I baked a pineapple upside down cake for my kids. Um, I I feel like driving to this drive through daiquiri place up the street from my house because every time I drive past it, I'm like, am I going to go there? And it was just a distraction because I really wanted to go there, but I need to record this fucking podcast. <laughs> it's like 11 o'clock at night on Saturday night. I am late. So it's time to get started. But before I do that, let's talk show business. Okay. While I was on vacation, Patreon changed. We now have $1 tiers and $5 tiers. So $1 tiers are just you just want to support me. You want to keep the lights on over here. You want to make it easy for me to, to continue to do this podcast. And in exchange, I'm going to give you one bonus episode a month. Um, the $5 tier is paying for content. They would like to have a weekly bonus episode. I let them choose the series I'm doing on Patreon and the votes are in. They have chosen for me to do a limited true life series. So starting in a little bit, few days actually, I will be doing, I will be picking some true life episodes to recap and discuss and dissect and all that bullshit. So yeah, pay, there's new stuff on Patreon. Um, $5 subscribers get my Princess Diaries episode where I just basically talk about my life into a microphone. So go check out Patreon. You can go to patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin to sign up for either of the tiers and, you know, get some, get some more content from me. Um, if you can't support that way, be sure to leave me a five-star review. I mean, even if you can support that way, leave me a five-star review so that other listeners can find the show. And also you could follow me at okay then princess on Instagram and Twitter and, um, at buy pumpkin podcast on Instagram. I was on Twitter this past week. And uh, there's a thread about checking which list you're on because people use lists as harassment tools. And I looked at my list. I'm on over a hundred lists easily. I couldn't count. I was like, I stopped counting. I'm on over a hundred easily. And they're mostly related to freelancing and writing things like that. And I forgot that I've been on Twitter a long fucking time. And my Twitter timeline didn't used to just be like, me talking about Mary to first sight. It was, I actually met a lot of people there. I would tweet useful information. I would be a part of Twitter discussions. I, <laughs> I used to like do shit on there besides talk about drive through daiquiri places. <laughs> like I've been on Twitter so long. It's probably, I, I certainly haven't been on as long as, as it's existed, but I've, I feel like I've been on there a decade, maybe 11 years. I've been on there a, a while. And 
so many of my friends now I met on Twitter. What would happen is I used to have a blog called Diary of a Mad Freelancer. And I would talk about freelancing and just like bullshit. I would just blog about being a freelancer. And I would be on other people's blog. Like, like there was a lifetime when I was a blogger. <laughs> That's how many, I've lived so many fucking lives. And people would just tweet me and be like, hey, I'm gonna be in Chicago. Do you wanna have dinner? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll have dinner with you. And I'd get on the L and take my little self down there to have dinner with a stranger. Like some of my closest friends now came from Twitter. That's how I met them. And in fact, I'm not so far off from that. I recently, a girl I've never met, but she's been a Twitter friend for a long time. Her name is Thursday and she lives in Portland. She came to Austin and was like, let's eat. And I was like, yeah, I'll meet you down there. Like that is, (laughs) I used to have people be like, hey, um, I am looking to get into freelance writing. Can I like come buy you lunch and you give me advice? And I would do that. I used to be such a fucking weirdo. (laughs) I don't know that I'd be doing that now. Well, obviously I'm not gonna do it now. We're in quarantine. But yeah, so interesting. I used to have a whole different fucking life where people would like email me from CNN and be like, hey, I worked, like, oh my God. (laughs) Um, That reminds me, so my birthday's at the end of this month and my husband already gave me my birthday present. And the reason he did that is because um, he bought me an iPad and an Apple Pencil. And he did that because one, the things that he likes to buy me are things that I would never buy myself. Um, this is how I had such a very long streak where I never bought an Apple product ever because other people would buy them for me or gift them to me. Um, I broke the streak, I want to say it was a year ago when my AirPods died and I had to buy a new, that was the first time I bought an Apple product in a, ever, ever, not a very long time, ever. I never, I never bought one for myself. But anyway, he, he likes to buy me things that I would never think of buying myself. But this is a long-winded way to tell the story. But recently, well, not recently, all my life I've wanted to be someone who could draw. I, I just wish I could like express art in that medium, that I could like make a picture for you. And <laughs> like, I've seriously complained about the fact that I can't draw and how different my life would be if I could for so many years since I was a child. And I was sitting here in, you know, my pandemic pajamas and was thinking like, dude, if somebody asked me how to write, how do they learn how to write? I would tell them to write. I would say, well, first you got to start writing. And that means that either you have an idea to write or you start, or you get a, like you, you go on the internet and you get some writing prompts or you get a book or something and you just start writing things. And then as you write things, you get yourself 
a circle of people that you trust to critique you. And that can be people that are writers or people that are readers or people like, but it's people that you trust their opinion. Um, not strangers, people that who you believe that they know what they're talking about for whatever reason, whether they are seasoned writers or whether they, they read the type of stuff you want to write or whatever. And you have them look at it and give you and critique it for you. They say, I don't know whether you just email it to them and they tell you parts that they didn't like or things that didn't work. And, and then you work on that and you keep doing that. And after a while you will be a writer. Like that is how you write now, how you freelance is a different, it's a whole different fucking animal. How you get a book published, whole different fucking animal. But if you just want to be someone who can write, that's how you do it. You write, you get your writing critiqued, you take advice and you write better and you, and it is a muscle that you just keep doing. And I was like, oh, princess, you're so fucking stupid. Like that is how you, <laughs> that's how you draw too. You draw, <laughs> you use instructional books that teach you how to draw certain things. You, you draw something new every day. You use prompts to help you figure out things you want to make. And you have people look at it, people you trust, people who have experience, people, and they critique you and you take that critique to back and you use it to make something better. And that's not the same as like becoming an illustrator. That's that's not what that is. But if you're somebody who just wishes that they drew, well, then you just start drawing. And so, like, I'm so stupid. And it's not like I, I like I said, I don't want to be an illustrator. I just want to be someone who, who makes things through drawing. And that's an easy thing to do. So I started, I started small. I started, like, working on hand lettering because that's something. I use a bullet journal, and I'm always jealous of people who can hand letter and doodle and stuff like that. So I just started working on that. And my husband noticed that what I was doing, I was explaining to him that I'm just, you know, what the fuck else do I have to do? I'm just doing a little drawing. And that's why he bought me the birthday present. So I've had that happen. Yeah, I mean, the vacation was pretty good. I talked a lot about it in the Princess Diaries episode I dropped today. Um, today is the 11th of July. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, make sure that you go to Patreon and listen. But... Let's get started tonight on the Gotti Boys because here's the thing I realized, okay? This is season one, episode 10, Dressed to Kill. I realized that that this episode, so I have this episode left, then the next episode will be the finale, and then remember I said I, gonna, I was gonna do the, I, I'm calling it a reunion, like, like, like these three boys and their mother don't see each other all the fucking time, but you know what I'm talking about, the... The re 10 years later, the Gaudis. So I have, after I'm done with this episode, I have two episodes left in season three of By Pumpkin. And we're on to something new and I don't know what it's gonna be. Remember, now that I'm doing weekly episodes in Patreon, I am going to let the people, the Patreon subscribers, I'm gonna let them pick what their series is gonna be. They voted and they chose True Life, a little retrospective of, of True Life. That was something they chose. That wasn't my idea. 
well, excuse me, it was my idea, but I gave them a choice and they, that's what they chose. Um, but I'm going to choose what I do in the main feed because the main feed is free. Okay. So that's it. So I'm going to, but I haven't quite decided yet. I thought about doing some episodes of, of Real Housewives of Miami, which I believe Liz says this too, but season two of Real Housewives of Miami is a perfect housewife season. Also the hottest cast hand fuck the best looking cast hand fucking down. Um, I thought about that. I thought about doing the real L word because I looked and I own it. (laughs) Like I wanted to see the real L word at one point so badly that I bought the season. (laughs) I think I bought both seasons. (laughs) I was thinking about that. I was thinking about Hogan knows best. Let's revisit that. There's a, a whole, a whole Hogan movie coming out and I have a lot to talk about with wrestling and being a South Florida guy and, and um, Linda Lee and Hulk breaking up and her dating one of the kid's friends and the kid going, like I have a lot to talk about there. I thought about doing celebrity um, rehab. Uh, I listened to... Um, a really interesting podcast. I think it's called executive producer or exec producer. And they talked about how they got celebrity rehab made. And that was super interesting to me. I don't know. I I really have no idea, but I have like three episodes to figure it out. So, (laughs) so I will let you know as soon as I know. We're getting it close to the end of season three of by pumpkin. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, it's fashion week on Growing Up Gotti. And because this show is set in the early aughts in the state of New York, we will have a fashion week episode, regardless of whether the, the show has anything to fucking do with fashion or fashion week or Bryant Park, any of those things, um, they're going to walk in some fashion shows. The show opens up with, I forget his name, but Victoria says a PR person is coming to talk to her about opportunities during fashion week. And who's PR person? She, the way she casually says it, she kind of, it's like she intends for us to think it's her PR person, but it's not her PR person. It's Star Magazine's PR person? Who is this PR person? Like, Is he an independent PR person? Like, I don't get, I don't get what he's supposed to be. And I also don't understand if he and the fashion promoter are the same person because I can't remember. I think they're separate people, but they're white dudes. They look the same to me. So basically the, the, the PR person is like, dude, Vicky, she's going to be on the finale of a show and I'm going to butcher this name. Rosarda and Desario. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, but she's going to walk the finale, which means she's going to be the last person to walk down the, um, almost said the aisle, the, the runway. She's the last person who walks down the runway, the finale look. And also a brand named Guido wants the three boys to walk in that show. Now, 
Guido. I Okay, Guido, Guido. And <laughs> And she's basically like why would the boys walk in the show and he says they're getting to an age, but he trails off because he said they're getting to an age and the girls are going crazy and he trails off. I want to know what he was going to say. They're getting to an age or like they're hot or what is he saying? What is he saying? Like right now the girls are going crazy for them. They, they should be in this show. What is he about to say? Um, and it, because at this point they start talking about something completely different, how there's going to be security for the boys, like one security person per boy if necessary. And that's when you realize a couple things. This show has started airing. This episode, the second to the last episode of the first season, they're shooting while the show has started airing because there is no way that prior to the show airing that there are throngs of women chasing the Gotti boys. I'm not saying they're ugly. They're not, they're not ugly. I think Carmine is the best looking one of them. I think John is the most approachable one. And I think Frankie's the tallest. And Carmine, I, t- I said this when I had Troy on, Carmine looks like a drag, ki- a drag king. He looks like a woman dressed up as a man or is what masculinity is. Like she's, She's performing masculinity. She, he's, he's a very nice looking, his features and everything. Um, I, <laughs> I'm laughing at me shading Frankie like that. And Frankie's the tallest. Why would I say that? <laughs> uh, princess. <laughs> I'm not going to take it back though. Sorry. Um, <laughs> So the show has started airing. So that is the only thing that makes sense why they would need security. Because before this, although they are John Gotti's grandchildren and Carmine Agnello's, Agnello, 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 guys, don't make me say that word. Carmine's children. And they're not unknown. They're known. They're not they're not in sync on a bus in Venezuela. No, I <laughs> was it in sync. I think I watched some, I watched some documentary about boy bands. It might've been a backstreet. You know what? It was a backstreet boys documentary. It was actually very interesting. It was about, it's on Amazon prime and it's about, it's about like where they've come from. And then like, they're doing a reunion tour because apparently Backstreet Boys is the biggest selling boy band of all time. And maybe it's because they're still together. I'm not sure. Um, cause they're still fucking touring. I mean, not right now, but yeah. And they're on a bus in like South America. And I think it was this documentary when they're younger and the people are rocking, like people want to get on this bus so bad that they're rocking the bus and they're afraid they're going to die because they're afraid the bus is going to flip over. People are trying to claw their way in. It looks scary to me. Also, it 
So you know the Backstreet Boys have been in like on a, a Kit Kat commercial with Chance the Rapper. And during uh, when we first started quarantining, they did a little video where each of them did a, I Want It That Way where they were and then they put the video together and released it. This is all super cute. Nick Carter is an accused rapist. And even though they won't let, this is the girl from Dream. Do you guys remember Dream? Do you? <laughs> it's, the, it's the four white girls used to sing that song. Uh, that was then, this is now. You guys, I used to love that fucking song. And they had another one too that I really liked too. And Diddy used to like be involved in promoting them or something. They, 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 were they on his label? I don't think they were on his label. But he, I don't know, maybe he got a cut. I don't know what they were doing. And they were having him act as if he, he discovered them, but I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'm not laughing at the idea that Nick Carter raped this teenage girl from Dream. I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at, it seems like they could not file charges because there was some sort of um, technical reason they couldn't file charges. Not that it was like, well, it turned out that you said that it was happened on this day in Venezuela and that he was actually in Guatemala. I don't know where I'm coming up with these locations, but you know what I'm saying? It wasn't a case of that. It was a case of, hey, you know what? Actually, uh, you need to do it within this time period and you didn't. And, um, so I, as much as it's cute to see Chance the Rapper doing I Want It That Way with Backstreet Boys and yes, they, and you know, all these things, it's like, okay, but is Nick Carter, Nick Carter's a rapist, right? Like, and then you can't talk about Nick Carter without talking about Aaron Carter. And <laughs> a friend actually called me out once because we were in a Backstreet Boys hole because, I don't know, we were just doing nostalgia stuff. Because one, I was introducing her to the rape charges and she was shocked about that because I don't think I don't think it got a ton, ton, ton of press. and Not charges, excuse me, the rape accusations. And... We were just going down a hole and talking about the Backstreet Boys quite a bit. And she said that I would always go, <laughs> that I would always go, you know, Aaron Carter and his brother, Nick something. <laughs> I didn't even know I was doing it. She was like, you will not say Nick Carter's last name. I was like, I don't know what his last name is. I just know that he's the older brother to Aaron Carter. <laughs> yes, I don't know what his last name is. I don't know. His name is Nick, and that's all I know. <laughs> um, anyway, that's a, that's a, I'm off on a lot of fucking tangents right now. But they had a reality TV show. Nick's had two reality TV shows. He had one with his siblings, including the one that OD'd and died. And because, you know, he's got Aaron. He, I feel he's got, there's a set of twin girls, and then there's another sister and if I'm wrong on that number, then, then the other sister doesn't exist. It's it's Nick, twin girls, and then Aaron. But I feel like there's another, there's, and one of the twins died. Then he had another reality TV show on VH1 called, 
I'm going to marry Nick Carter or whatever. And it was with the woman he eventually got married to and had the kids with. And yeah, like he's had a bunch of shows. Mm, interesting. Bunch. Two. Two is a lot of reality TV shows to have, guys. I don't know. Um, why am I talking about this? I can't remember. Oh, 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 I'm saying these girls chasing after them and stuff was not happening when they were just the three not Gotti boys because their last name is not Gotti. The, the three Victoria Gotti sons in Old Westbury, uh, Long Island. That That's not what was happening. The show must have come out by then. And that's why people want them in their shows so bad. This is the type of context that you need to understand what's happening. Because keep in mind, they went to the mall earlier in this season and got phone numbers and nobody was chasing them, right? Those girls that were coming from out of town with all the braces and shit, they, uh, they, they thought they were cute. They didn't think, oh my God, Carmine Gotti is talking to me. Um, <laughs> let me just get this shit out the way. <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter at okay, then princess, you know that I tweeted a video of Carmine Gotti on a show called, But Can They Sing? That was on VH1. I've never seen this show. I've never heard of this show. It must have been a time when I wasn't really watching TV. No, I take that back. I've always been really watching TV. I'm not really big in the, into like seeing competition shows because um, I am definitely allergic to secondhand embarrassment. And they always want to pe put people on these shows who cannot sing. And that's exactly what happened. Carmine Gotti was on there. They they billed him as Carmine Gotti Agnello. Um, I finally said that fucking last name right. So he is on the show and he's singing, rapping, Ride With Me by Nelly. Okay? Which everybody thinks they know the words to, but they do not. You know the chorus. You do not know all the words to ride with me. There are a lot of words in it. But it's one of those shows where everybody goes, uh, uh, if you want to remember, <laughs> that's, that's what, like they get to, they're like, uh, and then when they get to the chorus, they're like, yeah, I know this part. Yeah, I'm gonna sing this part really loud. You do not know all the words to it. Or maybe you do. I don't know your life, but I doubt that you do. So they got him singing this. And he's dancing. And obviously they take the part out about smoking weed and, and all kinds of stuff. And also you get a very good shot of Morgan Fairchild and David Cross awkwardly clapping for him as he's mumble. He's mumbling, guys. Remember, Carmine's the one they need to put subtitles on all the time. He's mumbling the words. It's terrible. And I tweeted it because I wanted to ruin everyone's lives. I had to watch it. You know, I had to watch it because I was finding a video where about how Carmine was running an illegal um, scrapyard, um, apparently, in 2016 in Jamaica, Queens. And... Uh, and some snarky article was like, you know, Carmine from, but can they sing? And put a link in it. And I clicked it because I'm stupid. I know business clicking that link. And was like, oh, 
it was crazy. Go to my Twitter. Watch the fucking video. <sighs> I cannot believe. He's in it. He says he wants to be a, um, a uh, music producer. Which comes up on later seasons of Growing Up Gabby. Okay. So, yeah. So, he's trying... The PR person is tr- trying to convince Vicky... He gives Vicky a yellow gold. I mean, this is the yellowest gold you ever seen in your life. If it's gold, like, it absolutely looks like something you get riding from Jamaica, Queens. Like, when you go, when you're in Jamaica and you're trying to get on the subway, it's, a, it's the end of the F. Well, not. Well, it Jamaica is the end. But maybe not the stop I used to get off. But... When you're going down into that big ass, um, fuck, I forget, I forget the name of the stop, but it's a huge fucking stop. Like you have to go down escalators and all this bullshit. There are always people out there selling shit. This chain, this Guido chain looks like something you bought on the street over there for $10. Um, so she goes and tries to talk to them. Vicky goes home and tries to. She asked John, she's on the phone, on her cordless phone, and she asked John, and he's like, what am I, gay? <laughs> that She says, would you like to walk in a fashion show? He goes, what am I, gay? Like, what? What? He says, what am I, gay? Like, she said, would you like to suck a couple of dicks tonight? That's what he he said it like whatever she said was the definition of gay. Like she was like, listen, John, um, I got a couple guys coming over here. You're gonna have to suck some dicks. Let them jizz all on your face. And he goes, What am I gay? <laughs> That's the way he reacts. She you can tell Victoria's embarrassed a little bit because she's like, uh like she's basically trying to explain to him, you know, that fashion models are not all gay and people who work in fashion aren't all gay and he can walk in a fashion show. I would have just hung up the fucking phone on him. First of all, I wouldn't have even asked him because he wouldn't live in my house because I would have put him out when he was 10 years old. I cannot believe these fucking children. <laughs> you can call me strict. You can call me a tiger mom which I don't think I am. You can call me all motherfucking types of things. But what you will not ever call me <laughs> is permissive. Never. I would have asked, would you like to walk in a fashion show? And I'll tell you right now, my oldest would have said no, because he's scared of anything. And my eight-year-old would have said, absolutely, where's the outfit? <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> Thrown it on. Did a little twirl. <laughs> Show me to the runway. He would have said. <laughs> and that would have been the end of it. But at no point would anyone have been like, what am I, gay? <laughs> I'm going to stop saying that. I just. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous response. Even in 2004, like some of the shit that happens on the shows, some all of the shows, like. Even when I was doing Flavor of Love, I'd have to be like, okay, you know, it was this year. It was, you know, people thought that was okay to say back then. You know, it's gross, but people thought that was okay. Even in 2004, if somebody asked you to be 
I just fine. Then she has a voiceover. John's got a lot to learn about the fashion world. Does he? <laughs> you think, Vicky? <laughs> Embarrassing. There's no way I would go. If my kids were this bad, there's no way I would go on a reality TV show. I would be too embarrassed to be on TV. <laughs> I would be too embarrassed to be on TV <laughs> with some child shouting through a phone at me. What am I, gay? <laughs> it's too, I would be too embarrassed. I would be too fucking embarrassed. You ain't gonna have me walking my head all down in shame because when I try to get to Chipotle, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Guys, one time I went to Chipotle and I was in line and I saw the guy that delivered my, my Pizza Hut delivery guy. And he saw me and we recognized each other. And I was like, damn, princess. Who's gonna come in? The guy that works at drive through at McDonald's? He's <laughs> like, hey, princess. Oh, you doing something new today, huh? <laughs> I was like, you got a fucking problem, princess. You up in here recognizing pizza delivery guys? This Chipotle, the, the guy at Chipotle is, a, is about to make you your shit because he knows who the fuck you want because you come here that often. You got women at the grocery store yelling, Gloria, <laughs> Gloria. This black lady right here, she wants the mini cheesecake. She gets... <laughs> You're too known. You're out here. <laughs> you gotta lay low. Lay low. <laughs> anyway. So Victoria gets to the point where she asks Frank. And Frank... <laughs> Frank's response is like basically like if the other two are gonna do it. Like he doesn't want to go by himself. Which I guess is like, you know, understandable. Um, and far better. <laughs> I mean, at least he didn't accuse... At least he didn't, like... <laughs> also, one thing I wrote in my notes here. She tells Frank a couple of big designers. Excuse me? <laughs> this is not Muskogee Fashion Week. If we don't know the names... Of, this is New York City Fashion Week. If you don't know the names of your... Of, of the designer, if they're not how they're not big designers, and I'm not saying that like it's absolutely possible that these are that Guido and the names I can't and the other one I can't pronounce are very like important designers. It's possible. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I got all my clothes from Old Navy. So, but that said, I just have my doubts. I just have my doubts. That's all. Big designers. Okay. So they finally, they do the fitting for Victoria's show. And that occurs in the star, in the conference room at Star Magazine. So, yeah. Um, and so at this point, so she's got her fitting done. It's a short, it's a tight dress. But, I mean, it's not obscene. It's, it is a short dress. Um, but it's not something you couldn't wear to a nice party it's not something that like would be it's not something that would be considered risque anywhere it's 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 a dress you know um and it's and so she's got that done the next day is her fashion show but the, today is the boys fashion show so 
It's two hours prior to the fucking fashion show. And the boys don't still don't know if they're gonna go. Which is a problem for me. Okay? Because this is bullshit. So it's either a bullshit show like Weedo isn't a real brand or it's like a brand but it's like, you know, one that's run by a couple of toddlers or this is a bullshit storyline for the fucking show, for the reality TV show. Because there's, at two hours, you need to already be there. They didn't have, did they have a fitting? I don't know. I don't think so. Like, what kind of show is this? All I can think is like, Jesus be Kelly Catron because you, if this was Kelly Catron's fucking show, done, done. She would have them murdered. There is no way that one, two hours prior to the show, like you have to walk in this show. Two hours prior to the show, you, we're, you're trying to let me know if you're going to go. No, 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 no. You said you were, you got to come. And, and you should already have, be wearing clothes. You should already, we should already know if the clothing fits. You should be here. You're in old Westbury, Long Island. We're in Bryant Park, which I don't know if they are. Um, and you know what? Maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I'll tell you what. Fashion week happens at Bryant Park for me. And I'm not saying they don't have fashion events during fashion week in say, Mineola, New York, and Port Washington, and Hempstead. <laughs> if you know of the places I'm speaking, <laughs> you know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm not saying they don't have no events over there. I'm not saying that. Jamaica, Queens. I'm not saying they don't have events in Jamaica, Queens and New York during New York Fashion Week. Okay? They do. That's not the same as Bryant Park. I'm going to get off of this shit. I hope you understand what I'm saying here. They have to drive to Manhattan, which is technically a 30-minute drive. Technically. Like if everybody else decided to stay home because it's coronavirus, <laughs> but it's not. And I don't know, it's two hours before the fucking thing. Like, where, where the fuck are you? Like I said, Kelly Catron would have like shown up with a gun and shot them in the head. There's no way they would have done this shit to Kelly Catron. Um, so she's just like, hey, um, Carmine, you gonna go to this show or what? And and he's like, <laughs> like, I don't know what he said. We don't, nobody knows what he said. He just, <laughs> and at this point, the promoter calls. Now I can't tell the promoter and the PR person are the same person. Like I said, it's two white guys. That's all I know. But the promoter calls, I think they're separate person because the promoter was a little more jazzy than the PR person. And you'll see what I mean by that. The promoter calls and Victoria's saying, well, they had second thoughts, you know, about coming. No, what he calls, he goes, you're in the car, right? And he goes, she goes, oh, they had second thoughts about coming. And um, while she's saying that, in the background, John is yelling, he would never walk in a fashion show ever. <laughs> like, John is basically yelling, you got played, bruh. <laughs> 
I never said I was going to, and I ain't going to, and what am I, gay? It's like, that's what he's saying in the background. Um, Carmine wants to do it, but not alone, and Frankie has decided he's not going to do it. Um, so she, he basically, Victoria puts Carmine on the phone with the promoter. And he, like, talks to Carmine. Carmine speaks, but no one knows what the fuck he's saying. We have subtitles on the bottom. And he's just, like, he doesn't want to come alone. And his brothers don't want to come. And and the promoter's like, what if I talk to your brothers? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh. And what kind of what they settle on is that Carmine has a friend that will come with him. That maybe could come with him. And they could walk with him or just be with him. And it would be... It would be like, then he come, and as the promoter is telling, I believe the designer this, he's a designer or either, maybe he's producing the show. Um, I mean, I think maybe he's producing the show. I don't think he's the designer, and they show up in slow motion on the screen. Carmine's friend, whose name I never fucking remember. All I remember is he looks like a guinea pig that people have given human features to. He looks like a Disney guinea pig that's going on an adventure. That's what he looks like. And I was like, oh, that one? <laughs> the one that wouldn't take his shirt off at the at the basket at the basketball game? Okay, 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 sure, sure. Bring him along. See what he fits in. I'm not body shaming him. I'm saying Carmine is a very good looking dude for where he is. Okay. All right. He has good features, but I'm saying that like Carmine makes a certain type of girl go wild in 2004, but you cannot deny that Carmine is handsome. His friend is a guinea pig. I'm not saying he's worthless. I don't, I'm not saying let's throw him in a trash can. I'm saying he looks like a guinea pig. And I guarantee you that the people that tried to get Carmine to come down and walk on this show did not want a guinea pig. I guarantee you they're like, uh, who's this? <laughs> but fucking fine. A promoter's pissed. And I don't... I don't necessarily think it's an act either. I think the promoter is actually like, yeah, dog, you said you were coming. So <laughs> the promoter's telling, I guess it's, I'm, I'm gonna decide it's the producer of the show because he's wearing a headset like Kelly Cajon. <laughs> I don't think it's the, the designer, but <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> Kelly's somewhere going, is someone talking about me? Like what is, <laughs> I just feel an aura of somebody talking about me. Um, so, fuck. So, so, he's telling the, produ- the the fashion show producer. The fashion show producer listens to him and all that and goes, this is unacceptable. This is a problem. They said they were coming. They need to come. Then the promoter goes, thanks for the, what did he say? What did he say? Thanks for the background story. <laughs> and he's 
so dryly. <laughs> and that's my new go-to. Anytime somebody tells me something, they're like, well, actually, princess, you can't park here because um, there's no parking here between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yep, yeah, thanks for the background. Nice little story you got there. Bye. I'm just gonna, it was so fucking rude and also, it was just dry. Like, his words weren't rude, but he was just like, it was very obvious. He was like, nobody gives a fuck what you're saying, okay? So I, that's why I'm, mm, I know it wasn't a designer now because the promoter wouldn't talk to him like that. So the promoter calls Vicky and gets the same, and this time he gets some bass in his voice. He's, <laughs> the last time he called, he was like, you think you're gonna come? Oh, what time are you gonna be here? This time he's like, yo, <laughs> you get your ass down here. Um, <laughs> so it's 5.50 p.m. And Victoria's running down the hallways and stuff. Her voiceover's like, I know my son Carmine. He really wants to go even if he doesn't know that he wants to go. And so <laughs> she's screaming at people and finally gets them in the car to leave. Keep in mind, it starts at 7. It's 5.50 p.m. On a clear day with no traffic, I would say it takes 30 to 40 minutes to, to get to from where they are to Bryant Park. During New York Fashion Week, <laughs> I would say they should have, like he said, been in the car at 5 p.m. That's what I would say. You should have been in the car at 5 p.m. Well, fine. Fine. Because you got to figure out where you're going to get dropped off. You got to get in there. All that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go. Um, so the promoter calls v, Vic, Vicky while she's in the car. And the promoter's like, the show has started. And Victoria's upset. She's like, oh, well, what's the point? We, we did all this for what? And I'm like, you did all what? You left late? You didn't get, you weren't organized? I would have, <laughs> let me tell you what. I would have asked those fucking kids if they wanted to be in the fashion show. And if they did not give me a definitive answer, I would have went back and said no. I'd be like, no, they don't want to be in it. I mean, there's no way in hell you would be calling me a day of the fashion show talking about get these fucking kids down here and you need to be here right now. Get in the car right now. No fucking way. No way. Also, even though the clock said 5.50, you think they left at 5.50? No. They left at like 6.30. So, you know, she's got an attitude with the promoter now. <laughs> like, it's a, like it's his fucking fault. And she, he's like, well, she's like, well, you got to stop. You got to do something. And he's like, stop the show? Like, just, just make the show wait? I can't do that. He's right. You can't do that. Also, think about it. you guys only have these event spaces for so long and that includes setup and breakdown and if you go over you owe them a lot of money like no there's only so much delay like maybe we'll get a 50 maybe we can do it in 50 maybe we can give you a 15 minute delay but no we can't delay it an hour and a half waiting for the Gotti boys um and she's like upset and he's like well tell me give me how far you are out and I can get and I can talk to someone and get a guarantee on whether he can walk and she's like 10 minutes and he's like okay that wouldn't be a problem um i'm like i think what people don't realize about fashion shows and again i can't believe i'm sitting here talking about a fashion show like i know fucking fashion but 
I'm just saying, like, in my, like, just in my rounds of doing stuff, one of the things I'm, like, as a writer, I do a lot of content writing, which means I write all the boring stuff that goes on websites and in brochures and stuff to make search engines like them. Um, I write a lot of, like, useful information to draw you someplace so that someone can sell you things. Um, so, you know, that's like part of, that's part of the shtick. So I do a lot of research on things and I always come across, like I have an incredible knowledge of prostate cancer and (laughs) how to juice your own prostate. I, why? Because I spent a summer writing about prostate cancer and prostates and ways you can milk a prostate. (laughs) But that's just because I had to get like a lot of information about it. So I'm not saying I'm like, what that usually leads me to is I know a little bit about a lot of things because I've done so much research on stuff. I am someone who pulls shit out of my ass and be like, oh yeah, because that's, that's made of this and this and this. And people will be like, how the fuck do you know? And I was like, oh girl, I had this one project where I had to... <laughs> like, I could probably take apart your ice maker <laughs> in your refrigerator, no matter what brand it is, because I definitely spent two months writing about ice makers and taking them apart and putting them back together and cleaning them and what and what this means and what that sound means and <laughs> what this brand says about this. I spent it, some time doing that. So I could probably take yours apart because I've had to like convey in a in a like mm, kind of the man like we're talking right now. I mean, you're not talking to me, but you know, a conversational manner, sometimes with the humor, that's that's my specialty. And I don't get a lot of bylines from that because content marketing, you can get them, but like, I mean, it's not journalism and they're not paying you like it's journalism either. They, they pay you quite well to write these persuasive, um, readable content that draws in people who are just looking for how to fix their ice maker. Um, but I don't really need the bylines. I do a lot of ghostwriting too for like CEOs of companies. Like, so if they want to be seen as a thought leader on social media, I'll write some articles about social media and then their marketing people will pitch it to people and it'll get published, but it'll get published underneath their name. Um, things like that. I, I had a a series once be turned into a very successful podcast and won an award and shit. And that it was based on a series of articles I wrote that was paid to write that someone else got to put their name on. So like, I don't get a ton of bylines these days except for from writing for like trades and stuff like that. But which is few and far between. I just, I just did an article about CBD oil (laughs) in dogs. I mean, (laughs) for a grocery magazine, um, it paid very well. <laughs> but um, all that to say, it's not that I'm over here claiming to be a fashion expert, but I did spend quite a bit of time talking, writing about New York Fashion Week um, for some outlets. And um, I'm going to say that like a fashion show is a lot of get up and go. It's, it, it's a lot of like <sighs> preparation for something that lasts 10 fucking minutes. 
maybe not 10 minutes, but it doesn't last very long. It really doesn't last very long. It might, I mean, maybe 20. It, it doesn't last very long at all. It doesn't take long for people to walk down and past you. And collections are not, are not a hundred pieces. It, it, a 10 piece collection is fine. Um, so what I'm saying is that like, if they were going to start um, a fashion show at seven, they probably had the venue booked from like five to eight thirty nine, and a lot of that was prep because they're in there getting people's hair done. I mean, it's a men's show, so I mean, I'm assuming Guido is a men's uh, wear. So I mean, hair is done, but not done like you know, it's not like uh, it's not like Naomi Campbell's wig needs to be styled and. So they're doing stuff like that and set up. So maybe they had it from, if this is a low budget joint where, I mean, only a few people were in the audience and it was a, a 10, it was like, you know, a, a 10 piece collection or something like that. Maybe they had it from 5.30 to 8.30. Um, but you gotta be gone 8.30. So even though the fa- the fashion show part is very, limited now, now I'm thinking about it, like you add people talking coming out to talk first and then uh, all kinds of things but it's very limited part like we don't have time we can't push this back because we only have this venue to this amount of time or be overcharged and this show actually does not last that long so like I was annoyed by the whole fucking thing so when he tells her that they can be in the show um she slams her Motorola flip phone <laughs> closed on him. <laughs> and the cameraman gets the, pro, pro, the promoter saying something like, don't slam your phone on me. <laughs> and I was just thinking how satisfying it used to be to slam that, to like clip that phone up on somebody. <laughs> but if your settings were so that your phone didn't turn off when you closed it, like, And now when you hang up with somebody, all you can do is end call. I mean, I guess you can throw your phone when you're done, but you're just fucking yourself over. Okay, so they get there, and the promoter is, you know, out front waiting for them. (laughs) Um, And he gets them in there, and, um, you know, the clothes don't fit because they never had a fucking fitting, and he ends up wearing his own pants, and there's questions about, like... Which shirt he's gonna wear? There's a lot of fucking chaos, is what I'm trying to say. Like the shit that makes me itch. <laughs> and, and, um, and so he walks, and he walks like he should in his pants, and he doesn't want it to fall out of his leg. That's what. <laughs> that's how he walks. But I'm not saying it was bad. He looked fine. He he didn't look terrible. He looked no worse than anybody else. And. Um, they're all excited for him in the back. They're like, you had a good time. And and uh, they're inviting him, the producer, the production, or the show producer is inviting him back for next week and um, or next year and shit. And, you know, they're eating up because, like I said, at this point, he is somebody who brings people to the show. Especially if it's this type of show, if Guido, you know, you know what I'm saying? 
It's not like Dolce and Gabbana, okay? It's it's Guido. And when you guys said yes to Guido, they told them some Gotti boys are going to be there. And so they got some people there. Um, and, like, to make sure we remember that, the next thing we get is a scene. I'm not sure what's going on. It's some sort of event where all three boys are at it. And there are so many crowds of girls screaming at them, trying to get on the fucking stage with them. People are like, it's crazy. The girls are going to tear them apart. And one girl's screaming, Frankie, Frankie, I love only you. Like, people are screaming. They're chasing them. I mean, like I said, think uh, Backstreet Boys on a bus. (laughs) Backstreet Boys on a bus in Venezuela. Think... Michael Jackson and his brothers, as people are in, a, they're in a car, and people in the car is chasing them down the street. Um, they're getting in the car. They're getting in the car with them. They're all trying to get in the window. Somebody rips off Frankie's shirt or jacket or something, and just runs off with it. At one point, he's giving people money out of his pocket, which is crazy. <laughs> you could have given the tissue out of your pocket. They wanted that. Um, I will say this. They had the windows down. <laughs> they really didn't want to be bothered. The doors would be locked and the windows would be up. They, in, I'm sure they enjoyed themselves. I'm really sure they enjoyed themselves. They're like throwing shit to the crowd and people are like losing their fucking minds. Um, you would have thought this was Hanson. You guys remember Hanson? Mm-bop. <laughs> They're like grown ass men now. <laughs> I mean, I think Isaac, the oldest one, was a grown ass man at the time. But, like, they're grown-ass men. You know, the thing we need to remember about teen idols, especially boy teen idols, is that we love a pretty boy teen idol. We like someone who looks like they could also be a woman. Like, Taylor from, from I almost called him Mbop. Taylor from Hanson was, he was young and looked like a little girl. And I thought they were girls. The first time I saw that video, Mbop, I thought they were girls until they pantsed each other. And then I was like, oh, these aren't girls. <laughs> girls don't do that to each other. Mm. Not even a girl you hate, would you run up behind her and pull her pants down. But yeah, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, JTT as he was known, he had the coloring and the prettiness of a girl. That's interesting because how to appeal to to young girl fans, you have to be as pretty as a girl. Even Bieber. Bieber like a girl when he was young. And the girls went wild. But at no point, but teenage, teen idol girls have to also, have to look like, obviously they look like women, but... also be like coquettish, you know, like seductive, but innocent, like, like even like you, obviously we think of Britney, right? Britney is, um, very much, you know, the blueprint for that type of thing. I was texting with, um, Troy today because he did a free Britney bonus episode, which if you're a member of the solid listen, Patreon, which is a network I used to be on when I had Spelling Tea. My, um, if you're a member of their Patreon, you can still get my old episodes over there. 
Um, I'm new to podcasting when I do them, but you know, same OG, <laughs> same OP. <laughs> but he did a bonus episode about free Britney in 2020. Cause you know, Troy's a huge Britney head. Um, I can't get over when he tells that story about his mom, about Britney, um, canceling a show for injury and he and his mom were going and his mom was like, said something mean, maybe even said she, that bitch. And he's like, don't talk about her like that. I'm just imagine, I, I can't imagine how old he was. He might've been, well, he's probably like 12, maybe 15. And just looking at his mom like, don't talk about Britney Spears. Even though she just dashed my dreams. Don't you dare talk about her. <laughs> that story sticks in my mind. But anyway, he did a bonus episode. And, you know, I always love his Britney episodes because I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a Britney Spears aficionado. Like, as with all things, I know just enough to be dangerous. So um, I know enough to hate Justin Timberlake. And I know enough to to know that she's still being taken advantage of to this day. And always has been and continues to be so. And I do judge people by how they talk about Britney Spears' mental health. <laughs> I do judge you by the words you say about that. Um, but Troy has done a numerous episodes on Britney Spears and, and they've always been super informative to me. And I, I just thanked him for doing this episode again about, um, Britney in 2020 because like, I don't think about Britney enough. Um, I don't think about how tragic she was enough. I don't think like, it's so interesting that the original teen queen has been frozen in teendom. Britney's like, I'm assuming Britney's almost 40 years old. She's what, 30? Let me look up how old Britney Spears is. Britney's 38 this year. She's 38 right now, and her birthday's in December, I think. So she's about to be 39. And dude, um, she still lives like a teenager not allowed to go out anymore and having her her love interest picked for her. And like, I just imagine, I'm sure she doesn't live with Jamie Lynn. Well, I hope she doesn't live with him. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's, it doesn't matter. But um, I just imagine like him being like, what are you still doing up? It's 11 o'clock, you need to be in bed. Like I imagine, like she's still stuck as a teenager in a lot of ways. I mean, she's got teen, aren't her kids like teenagers now? Or about to be? And they live with her father. And I'm sure, you know, she sees them and everything. But like, when you think of Britney's life, they've just got her stuck as a teenager. She's like a little doll in a box. Mm. Why am I talking about Britney Spears? <laughs> Uh, go listen to the bonus episode uh, for Dunzo on the Solid Listen um, network. And Troy's so much, like I said, Troy's got a lot of episodes about Britney. And I really appreciate every time you record something because I'm I'm not someone who knew she had a website where she wrote diary entries on. I didn't know that. And he does some really deep dives into this stuff. And like I said, I don't think about Britney Spears that much. I don't follow her. I don't, I'm never like, What's Britney Spears posting online? I never think like that. I just 
always think of her as like a really sad doll in a plastic box. And um, like it gets to the point where you know, you kind of like just get used to it. Uh, okay, so, all right. They, you know, they do the thing in the car and somebody rips off Frank's shirt, yada, yada, yada. The next day it's Victoria's turn to walk the runway. Um, the, the fashion promoter gives them like very specific instructions about the cars. Victoria, even though hers is like starting at seven, two, Victoria's being picked up at three 30 and the boys will be picked up at four 30. Maybe it starts at six. I don't know, but she's getting picked up pretty early and the boys are going to be sitting front row. They're going to be dressed. They're supposed to be dressed in the designer and, um, yeah, so, like, she's trying to leave the house. Um, the kids are like, Frank's screaming he needs to go to a dentist. And John's girlfriend is about to leave. Elena or something is about to leave for college. And he's like, and Victoria's like, that girl's been leaving for college for eight days. <laughs> Which was such, like, a real moment. Like, it's something my mom would have said to me. Like, it's something I'm going to say to my children. Like, Okay, yeah, yeah, she's leaving for college. You've been saying she's been leaving for college for eight days. You don't have to go over there every day. <laughs> but um, they're just not getting ready, and it's time for Victoria to leave. And Jen is then um, tasked with getting them ready. Now, keep in mind, they don't even fucking listen to Victoria. As she, they're saying stuff like, Victoria's like, you need to get dressed, you need to get dressed. Um, Frank's like, what are you going to do, leave without me? Like, they're... <laughs> This is why I ain't no fucking teacher. <laughs> that and the sentence I just said. <laughs> this is why I'm not a teacher. Because you not gonna get these badass kids, drop them off with me, and try to get me to get them to do shit that you can't get them to do and they're yours. You're not doing that. And Jen is running behind them and they're giving her fucking lip. And they're doing, like, I would be like, no, Victoria, I'm not a fucking babysitter. I'm not getting them in a shower. I'm not doing that. These big ass boys, and they you can't even tell them, put these clothes on and, and take a shower. You can't tell them that. And they, mm-mm. no, no, I, I couldn't do it. I, this is, one, I'm a bad teacher. <laughs> I don't have the patience for teaching. And two, the behavioral management aspect of teaching couldn't do it. Not even a little bit. Could not do it. Fucking saints, teachers are. It's a profession. Pay them. Pay them their fucking money. And so, <laughs> it's a hard fucking job. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and it's a hard job. And the reason they don't get paid as much because it's a predominantly female profession. One, so people don't think it's worth anything. Two, people don't care about children. Three, people don't care about education. Yeah, we're going to pay somebody millions of dollars to throw a ball in a hoop. Who gives a fuck about that? Ugh. <laughs> I sound like somebody's grandpa. <laughs> anyway, so Jen finally gets them out. And Victoria gets there on time. She get, gets in her dress. And, and the boys eventually get there, too, except they're upset because they don't have enough hair gel. <laughs> and they sit out front row. And Victoria comes out to walk. She is still concerned about this dress being short. Again, guys, the dress is not long, but I would not say 
we're about to see her kibbles and bits. I wouldn't say that at all. I, it's a short dress. That's it. And I don't necessarily, I mean, you, did you guys watch the episode? Like, did you think someone was going to see her underwear? She was walking down the, the runway. I didn't think that, but Victoria is so worried about walking in this short dress in front of her sons that she walks to, they're at the end of the runway. She walks halfway down the runway and turns around and goes back. Kelly Catrone would have punched her in the face. There is, she's the finale. She's the finale. You only walked half the runway? The photographers are at the end. That's how they get those good shots. They're at literally the end. What is wrong with you? I don't, I don't get it. And then at the end, I forget what it's called, but at the end, after everybody has done the, you know, their walks, the designer comes out and is usually walking like hand in hand or like arm in arm with the finale. Cause they're, they have the most important or the, like the show ending, um, garment. So did you do that again? Did you just walk down halfway? If Kelly Catron had been there, she would have run up, punched Victoria in the face, and then made her walk again. Why? Because your sons are here? Then fuck, you should have left them at home then. But again, they need to be there because guess what? The show is airing. People want them there. Ugh. I, stupid. So they get all the way home. They get home the next day and they're in the, I want to say the New York Post. That's what it looked like to me. It could have been something else though. And it's just like a recap of the, um, it might've been star shit. <laughs> Who knows? And it's just like a recap of the show. And there's pictures of the Gotti boys in there saying that they look terrible and what they were wearing. And they did. I, I think John had a sweater on. Uh, Frank loves ripped off sleeves. Even the promo, his jacket has ripped off sleeves. He had a, a jean jacket with some sort of rose of some sort and ripped off sleeves. He looked like a uh, Bruce Springsteen impersonator. He looked like he was wearing merch from Brett Michaels tour. I, you know, Brett Michael plays every rose has his, thorn, has his thorns like every time he leaves the house, apparently. Um, yeah, they look terrible. They look fucking terrible. And the article also mentioned that they've got big heads now, or maybe that's the jail. And again, they're referring to the new found thing. Um, I don't know why Victoria shows this to them. <laughs> what is the purpose? to say, hey, you should have gotten dressed like I told you to and worn the things you're supposed to wear. Well, why would you show them that? It's over now, it's done with. You're not gonna ground anybody. You're not gonna give anybody any consequences. You're, you just, I don't know. I don't know why you had to call them in there to show them that, but she does. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> what they wanna more talk about is, John's like, that was a beautiful picture of you in the magazine and everything, but that dress was short. And they're like, going, they're arguing with her and, um, he's telling him that she's telling them that, uh, they're not their her husband or her mother or her father. And I'm like, 
I would even say that. Victoria, you're a grown-ass woman. Your mother can't tell you what to wear now. Your mother can't tell me what to wear. So I would just say, John, why don't you stay in a child's place? I mean, it would be easier for me to say that if you would ever let him be in a child's place, but you don't. They let them talk to you all kinds of crazy. They curse at you all the fucking time. All you do is like turn around and be like, hey, stop. And you get upset, but you don't do anything about it. And so they start to argue and everything. And John's like, is Uncle Peter grandma's mom or nanny's mom? Whatever they call their grandma. And that's interesting because they're referring to, I would assume if Victoria's got to be 40 here, at least. Um, I'm assuming her mom's in her 60s, at least, maybe or older than that. And they're talking about it like Peter is, you know, their uncle is talking to, it like tells grandma what to do or whatever. But one thing you realize about people as they get older, their children do become like parents to them. My mom's like a parent to her father, her father's in his, he's about to be 90. Um, she very much... We call her my granddaddy Dede. <laughs> we call him Dede because that's what his children call him. And for a long time, I didn't know what it meant. It is a form of daddy. That's Dede. I don't, that's what they call him. And because my mom had my brother, my brother's the oldest grandchild. My, my mom had him when she was, she got pregnant when she was 17. She had him when she was 18. And then he lived with my grandparents and my mom for a really long time. He is always called my grandfather, Dede. And then what happened is like six months later, there's another child born. And but but it was just like, and so we always called him that too, because also my mom had sisters that were like 14, 15 years old when this started happening, when people started having kids. And there just wasn't a lot of like difference between the sisters and the grandchildren. Like he was all our dead ass. Like that's, that's who he was, um, is he's still alive. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I'm about to get off this podcast, but I'm gonna tell you right now, me and dead don't mesh. <laughs> and the reason we don't mesh is because when I was growing up, um, Part of the reason I'm not at that daiquiri drive-thru is because my family is full of alcoholics. My stepfather's an alcoholic. My bio father is one. My gr- my step-grandfather is one. And my step-grandmother was one. My grandfather was one. My my dad, my bio dad's father was one. Um, numerous, there's a lot of alcoholism in my family. And I just, just not that excited about alcohol. And when I was growing up, my grand, my dad was an alcoholic when I was like young. He, he will never tell, not finish. He will never stop telling the story about how he, a bunch of kids, like a sister or something. And my mom and me drove from Houston to Dallas at some point. My, my dad lives in Houston. Dada, um, and he says, you know, it's the, 
early 80s so you just put people in a fucking car and let them like fly out windows and shit um and my dad says that I was sitting in the front seat with my mom in between him and my mom and I rode the entire way from Houston to Dallas with my back to him refusing to acknowledge him I was like three years old and this is when I was three my grandmother died so he hadn't remarried yet but um, by the way, my granddaddy's been married to three women named Dorothy and they're all dead. And we should think we should, somebody should investigate. <laughs> but anyway, so, but the reason I would never like look at him or I didn't want him to hold me or I didn't like to be alone with him is that he was an alcoholic. He drank all the time. He drank when he got up. He, he claims I'm racist. To this day, he claims I'm racist and I don't like dark skinned people. He's very dark skinned. That's not it. You were very loud and smelled like liquor from the moment I've met you. <laughs> he's not an alcoholic now. He stopped. He's probably hasn't drank for 20 years. But I mean, excuse me. He's still an alcoholic. He just don't drink because he don't want to die. But um, that's he. He was very loud and he's the type of person that like once I didn't have like pants when we were visiting. So my mom put me in my, I don't know. I just didn't have enough pants for some reason. And my mom put me in one of my brother's pants and like I walked past him. And he just screamed, are those boys pants? Like that's the type of person he is. And he's just very loud. And I just didn't like going places with him. And like one of the few times I allowed him to take me someplace, he took me, he wasn't supposed to go. He was supposed to go to the store like a grocery store, probably H-E-B actually, um, and go home. But he took me to a grocery store and then he took me to a liquor store. And when we got in, he'd been remarried at this point. My step-grandma asked me where'd we gone and I told her we went to the grocery store and we got this and then we went to the liquor store. And he was upset with me because he had lied to me. So he didn't tell me we we're going to the liquor store. He told me we we're going to get the dog some medicine and that I need to stay in the car. So that's what he, so I stayed in the car and he went in there, he came out with a brown paper bag and he put it, uh, I don't remember if he drank from it. I don't remember, but he put it in the car and, but the problem is I could read. <laughs> I could read from a young age and I don't know why I knew the word liquor, because of the family I grew up in. And so I told my grandma that that we went to the grocery store and we got this. And then he went to the liquor store and he got dog medicine. And he was livid. He was so mad at me. He yelled at me and made me cry <laughs> for telling on him for going to the liquor store. And why am I talking about Dede? <laughs> Why am I talking about him? Oh, my mom like parents him in a lot of ways. She sends money. She does things. She, um, she, they're very far away. He's in Houston and she's in um, Virginia beach still. And, um, uh, which is where he used to live when, when she was growing up and she parents him in a certain way. And so uncle Peter telling grandma something is not the same as 17 year old John telling Vicky something, you know, th those are different things because uncle Peter is probably the one that goes over and sorts through her bills and like takes her to doctor's appointments. Um, my dad is on dialysis, which is the reason he doesn't drink anymore. 
um, and has been on dialysis for a very long time. He has kidney issues. Um, and so when he comes to my mom's house, he visits my mom once a year and he stays for like a month. And cause all his children live in Virginia beach. Most of them do. Uh, yeah, all of them now. Cause a couple have died. And so he'll come, he'll stay at my mom's house for a month and his sister, aunt, sis, aunt Mel, <laughs> aunt Melvin, we have a, he has a sister named Melvin and <laughs> like he's driving through Virginia beach and Norfolk, Virginia and all these places, excuse me, all these places, um, visiting. That's what he's doing for a month. And my dad takes off of work for quite a bit of time. And mom takes off the work for other time. And one of the things, the first thing they do is they make sure he, he has set up his dialysis appointments while he's there. One of the, when my mom comes down or another siblings come down, they clean out his house. They do things like that. They, um, one of his steps sons, Hickey lives with him. I believe it's Hickey lives with him. Guys, <laughs> I know I don't sound like a southerner when you're listening to me, but when I'm like, so then Dede and Hickey and Meme <laughs> and Big Mikey and Little Mikey. <laughs> anyway, so his stepson lives with him and his stepson does things like, um, his stepson takes over car maintenance and is like, well, you can't do this. Cause like, as you get older, you, your children do dictate to you in certain ways. They do. Oh my God. Once one a couple of years ago before my mom built the new house she has, Oh, my dad stayed over there for a little while and, uh, <laughs> she came home from work and he had put down plastic runners. <laughs> you know what those are? They're like, he always had them in his house. When I was growing up, he had, there are these plastic runners that you put down on the carpet and you have to walk on the runners and it's supposed to keep the carpet clean. It's like the same as like putting plastic on your couch or something like that. And my mother was livid. She was like, what time is your flight? You gotta fucking go. <laughs> Why would you? He's like, you need these. <laughs> She's like, so you took your ass <laughs> out of this house today, drove around looking for a place to sell you these plastic runners. <laughs> She's, he's like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, you got to fucking go. Anyway, <laughs> sorry guys, it's late and I'm a little giddy. I That's why I guess I'm talking about my family members, but like as think Dorothy and Sophia on the golden girls, Dorothy in a lot of ways, mothered her mother. That's just how it goes. So if uncle Peter talks to grandma and says things like grandma, you can't drive the car today because of this, this and that. And also when is your appointment? Like that's a different story. Um, and Victoria says something like, does uncle Peter tell grandma what to wear? And, and John's like, uh, grandma wouldn't wear some short ass shit like that. Some short ass dress like that. They didn't even bleep it out. I guess ass, you can say ass. And Victoria didn't even say stop cursing. She didn't even say that. She was just like, Ugh. and that's pretty much the end of the fucking episode. Yeah. Um, a little nonsensical. I enjoyed the episode. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe I did miss the Gotties a little bit more than I thought. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> so remember, next week is our last, is the season finale of uh, Growing Up Gotties season one. And then we'll do the 10 years later special. And yeah, so uh, until then, yes. Later.